Hello and welcome to another edition of Brotherly Love Eagles Podcast. Shut up and tote the ball! Shut up and tote the ball indeed, so you might as well get right into the Ray Didinger impact play of the game since that is uh, dominating the headlines on Monday morning. So what did you feel about the controversy controversy between Jay Ajay and Ray Diddy? Ray Didinger making the impact play himself. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a bit of an overreaction from our boy Ray. Because from from what you sent me, it looked like Ajayi was just, you know, he was a bit mopey, but, you know, he, he towed the company line in the actual content of what he said. Yeah, I guess it was during the aforementioned uh, Philly post-game live where they went to the locker room, I guess, for the Jay Ajayi interview, and Diddy did not take too kindly to his mopey reaction. As, it's, as he said this morning, it was stage two of five-step mopiness poutiness <laughs> and as someone who played sports and was prone to mope when he especially when he didn't play well or get the ball i i can see you know where diddy's coming from but i also see where professional athletes coming from when you're disappointing yourself and you're not getting the carries that you're used to getting or think you deserve so i can see both sides of it i know it's a delicate ba- dance with the team that's 10 and 1 but i i i see your point as well do you think it's anything that's going to affect the locker room well you know i think it's only a problem if stage two becomes stage five to right um (laughs) but even then i think i think we're still very one we have we have great leadership in like carson and malcolm jenkins and i think the coaching staff is good so even if he becomes a poison you know he's not that essential to our to our winning efforts i mean he's he's nice to have obviously it gives us an explosive element in our run game but between Blunt and Clement, I think we have enough running back power where we don't really need a Jai. So we have all the leverage in this situation. Yeah, I think it's easy to say that, but it's nice to have the three-headed beast. Right. I think you make a great point, though, that it should be measured against T.O. because yeah. <laughs> stage five. Yeah, that was, that's a great point, and that would have been a good point for them to bring up with the Didier controversies. Compared to T.O., this is nothing. Right, and well, not that Ajay is as good as T.O., but the last time we had T.O., we went to the bowl, so I'll take that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to to find news right now, and this is a big part of it. And, of course, Ajay reacted by saying they're a bunch of clowns on on Twitter, so that was something that kind of gave it a little more legs, and I'm sure people are reacting reacting on Twitter as we speak. But that's why we didn't do a podcast yesterday, because... You know, you get through these games, and we'll start talking about that a little bit now, but it's hard to really get a week-in and week-out assessment when the team is, and I can't believe I'm saying this because when I was watching the game, I was thinking this, is that your team wins so boringly easily (laughs) every week. Did you get that same feeling? Yeah. Vinny texted me yesterday. He's like, this game is a snooze fest. I'm like, well, yeah, this is, but this is nice after 29 years of heart attack fest. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I feel I feel like a Patriots fan without the Super Bowls. <laughs> like, ah, yeah, no, of course we're going to boat race the Bears. I mean, I still was nervous going into it that it was a trap game. But that, that compulsion, you know, gets lighter and lighter every week. Because I felt that way going into the San Francisco game. And then we boat raced San Francisco when it was all said and done as well. You've been hanging out with Greg Graham Sr. too long. You and the trap game. Yeah. <laughs> The cycle, it's a psychological disaster, Matt. You have to take it seriously. Is the Seahawks game a trap game before you play the LA Rams? <laughs> no, those aren't trap games. We knew going into the season that would be the ultimate test. 
Yeah. So what do you, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about disappointments? Do you want to talk about Carson Wentz? You know, we talk we talk about week in and week out. This team just delivers every week. I mean, I have some points to bring up, but it's so funny and it's so hard to explain to people who you know, as Eagles fans, everybody understands. But this is we're in we're in uncharted territory. Even the teams yeah. that made the Super Bowl runs, they they squeak games out. They had some blowouts, but it was never a week in and week out blowout. I'm I'm just in. I'm incredulous. Carson Wentz now still. So what? This is week eleven, week twelve, week twelve, right? Yeah. We just concluded, except for the Monday night game. Mm-hmm. He leads. He still leads the league in touchdown passes with twenty eight. Number two is Tom Brady with twenty six. Number three is Russell Hustle Bustle with 23. Then my boy, Matty Stafford at 21, and Phil Rivers with 20. That's the top five in TD passes. And really, it's, it's Carson and Tom Brady at the top, which is insane that he's basically, like, in terms of offensive efficiency and scoring power, he's 1-2 with Tom Brady. Absurd. Yeah. Incredulous. No, it's it's interesting, and it was funny they brought it up when with the Ray Dittinger segment on Cataldi is that now people are starting to knock Wentz that he's not throwing for enough yards. And it's like we're now we're now turning. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, the, we're we're nitpicking. Yeah, now we're turning to the other side of why Carson Wentz is now overrated. But look at the if you look at the stat sheet, okay, from last so from yesterday's game, 176 rushing yards, 244 passing yards, of which Wentz had 227. I mean, this is Ray Dinger's dream, basically one-to-one rushing and passing yards. So, I mean, that's part of our formula that we, we keep a balanced attack. I think if, if Carson were asked to do more and we had a, a more New england style offense, he would have more passing yards. But it's better for the team outcome that he doesn't throw for as many yards. What's more important is when we get into the red zone, he's lethal, which is – exceedingly difficult to find and that doesn't you know that shows up in the stat sheet and touchdown passes but that's more important than throwing you know garbage yards the way maybe a Stafford would that's a great mini diddy point and yeah. their their offensive efficiency in the red zone is insane you know I think it was 17 of, of the last 19 before they scored some of the late garbage time because they, they got a touchdown late too but it was a ridiculous stat that it was like 17 out of the last 19 times they're in red zone they scored a touchdown which <laughs> Coming from Eagles, like, again, anomaly that is Eagles' life that we're living in upside-down world of Stranger Things of this Eagles team <laughs> is that we were always terrible inside the red zone. Even in the glory years of Andy Reid, you know, there's there's a reason we need seven came from somewhere, as you always make fun of me for saying <laughs> yeah, we need right. seven here because we were, we were always so disappointed with just getting three in so many situations. Yeah, and now, and now it's like, seemingly we always get seven. Yeah. So I, I do I do think there were some disappointments from the game yesterday that you know the week before it was hard to find any disappointments and we even skipped that entire segment because it just it just seemed a bit absurd after boat racing the Cowboys. Uh, but Vitai Vitai definitely took a step back. You know it was another good defensive lineman that he was up against, but a bunch of holding penalties. He had at least two holding penalties, and then he got beat off the edge a lot. That that was disappointing to see Big B not just like make a steady progression every week and improve. My disappointment was that Mitchell Trubisky uh, completed a single pass. <laughs> and also that 
although it ended up being inconsequential. We had three turnovers, although one of them was Malcolm Jenkins uh, intercepting the ball and then immediately fumbling it. Turnovers were mine, although they they kind of I, I felt like it was a good thing that we had probably been like you know on the wrong side of of the meet this season in a good way with turnovers, but. Uh, cycled out three garbage turnovers against the uh, Bears. Well, I had that as the next one, but Vitae doesn't make you nervous at all heading into this glory year, this glory year run. At this point, at this point, I can't dwell on it, and I have confidence in the coaching staff that they'll they at least get the maximum amount of yield you could possibly get out of Vitae and scheme in a way that probably covers up his deficiencies. But, yeah, it'll be a going concern moving forward. Thankfully, we have Wentz, who pulled off the greatest spin move of all time yesterday. Who oh, that, can be evasive. But yeah, that, that spin move was pretty impressive. He does that at least once a week. What surprised me a little bit, so Big V, the Big V vulnerability showing up, it seems like no team has figured out a way to exploit like the injury decimation in our linebacking, linebacking core. But, you know, I'm sure someone will figure that out. But that, that hasn't seemed to show up. Even though, you know, like Kendricks is playing great and Bradham is playing, playing great, we don't seem to be missing Jordan Hicks as much as I thought we would. Well, because Kendrick's has played so well. Right. And also, we we played, at least in the last two weeks, kind of a succession of mediocre to bad offenses. And the knock on the Eagles this year is that they've played nobody good all season. And there there, there is merit to that, which is funny. As I was te- texting the, my buddy, especially the one who's a Patriots fan, he keeps making fun of the Eagles that they they haven't played anybody here. But then he's like, well, neither have we. So. <laughs> well, also, okay, but... I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this. On the halftime show yesterday, Hallie Long made this point. The Eagles don't play down to the level of their competition. Like, we come out bloodthirsty every week. We went for it on fourth down four times. We were three for four on fourth down. And this is now their, I think, our fourth straight game where we've won by more than 23 points. Where it's like Pittsburgh hasn't beaten anyone either. And they're squeaking by against the Green Bay Packers, who are a little better than a college football team at this point. Yeah, an Aaron Rodgers Packers team at home, they barely beat. That's and that's, they barely beat the, the Colts. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get into that a little bit. This is what I wish we had like high production value. By the way, I would have had an entire compilation of you saying how bad Dougie P was as a head coach, and you just said <laughs> about two minutes ago that I'm confident in the coaching staff. To make yeah. adjustments to to negate yeah. the bad play of Vitae. Listen, all that matters is that, you know, uh, I admit when I'm wrong. And uh, and I'm, I was wrong, I think. Yeah, it's still not as bad as Stafford. That's the one you will never live down to your dying no, day. But no one could have seen this coming. No. I, 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 I was texting a bunch of different buddies. Uh, and just... Just let's get through ball security, then I'll tell you this other part. But I wouldn't go so far as to say they're throwaways. You play a bad team, you don't let them hang around the game. Luckily, the Bears are just that inept offensively that it didn't matter, and our defense is so good that it didn't matter. Um, But if you play even a middling team and you have those early turnovers, that lets those teams feel like they can stick around. So that's definitely something that I don't think there are throwaways. I agree, luckily, it's against a bad team like the Bears. Um, but that's the one thing the Bears do well. And so my, my one friend who's a really big Bears fan, that's what I was saying, like, 
I know that's the one thing they do well is strip the ball. How you not like you know that going into that week's game, like make sure you protect the ball. That kind of pissed me off that they were so loosey goosey with you know they would have a long run and not be protecting the ball. Legarrette Blunt, I'm looking at you. You know Malcolm Jenkins, you make the interception. Just go down. I stunned you into silence. You stunned me into <laughs> silence. Uh, I, I don't like like you're, you're kind of taking a Greg Graham senior position on fumbles and turnovers, like where you can solve it with technique i just feel like it's it's one of those things where we probably underspent what would be like a normal number number of fumbles this season and we're kind of just regressing to the mean a little bit which is fine i'd rather regress to the mean hard in the regular season no there's sometimes there's sometimes fumbles where a guy makes a great play like there was that game earlier in the year it might have been after the first week of the year against the redskins where a guy made a great play on Ertz. Oh, no, I think it was a Kansas City game maybe. But that was like one of those plays where the guy just made an unbelievable play. I, I give you that. But when it's the Bears, I, I've been watching the Bears the last 15 years. They're, they're always great at like setting the guy up and stripping the ball. So as soon as you feel the contact coming, you go down. So yeah. in that blunt run, that's exactly what happened. Like the one guy set him up and the other guy came in and stripped it. So, you know, the Jenkins one, I'll give you the guy, you're a defensive back, you're trying to make a play, and, and the wide receiver on the Bears made a great strip. But when you're blunt, I don't forgive that one, especially against the Bears, because, like I said, I'm a novice Monday, you know, armchair quarterback, and I know when you play the Bears, they're going to try to strip the ball. But who knows? Maybe Doug UP said that before the game, and Ligar Blunt just had his headphones in or something. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> So, you know, those are definitely the the two biggest uh, disappointments. We have a sponsor this week. We all know we love Carson Wentz. You love Carson Wentz. I love Carson Wentz. And if you've seen, and you've been looking in the stands, you've been seeing a lot of Dakota Tough signs out there for uh, our boy Carson Wentz. Well, our buddies at Breaking Tea, which is an awesome t-shirt company that makes cool shirts for sports. I have a couple already, um, but they made an awesome shirt that says Dakota Tough, Philly Strong in the awesome Kelly Green colors that, you know, I think every Eagles jersey should be Kelly Green to this day, not the Midnight Green, but that's a, but I digress on that one. So anyway, if you put in capital letters, Burley Love Pod, all caps, you'll get uh, 20% off a Dakota Tough, Philly Strong t-shirt, which you'll find at BreakingT.com. That's Breaking, B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G, T, the letter T, dot com. So look for that shirt and back to the pod it it's been a controversy now sort of controversy it's this is what happens when you have a 10 and 1 team and you just try to make controversies both on the national right. local level but i was starting to have it in my spidey sense as well so i had as negatives td celebrations well actually i had it in the middle of positive and negative but then i had <laughs> as a positive the defensive uh, electric slide so where are you incredible at, where are you at with the td celebrations I, I'm enjoying the TD celebrations that, you know, I think we're showing a lot of camaraderie, you know, a I, I, are you, are you critiquing, you know, like the quality of the TD celebrations or you just think, yeah, it's like, it's a little bit uh, over the top and boastful. I'm kind of critiquing that. I feel like we're jumping the shark. Is this a, a dancing with the stars thing? I feel like we're jumping the shark. I feel like we're now in like the fourth season of a mediocre show, and we, we need to <laughs> we need to just pull the plug. Uh, yeah, I guess. Except like the show I'm watching is a show where we score five touchdowns a game, and I don't want that show to end. Right. So if I have to take, you know, listen, maybe we can, you and I can consult. 
on the choreography <laughs> here. Well, the biggest BS is when Carson Wentz told Charles Davis that they don't they don't they choreograph these that they come up spur of the moment. There's no way they're coming up spur of the moment with those. God, Charles Davis is just ugh, awful. He he, he didn't seem as annoying. I feel like someone got to him and said, "Hey, you talk a little too much." But maybe hey, it was... hey Chuck, maybe <laughs> shut the hell up. What do you but, say? But don't you agree? Like, there's no way those are not choreographed. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely okay. Like, I, I think they it's it might be like as they are about to go onto the field for a drive, they're like, okay, if we get a TD here, Alshon, we're doing the bowling ball. You know. Well, they, they say it's up to the individual. Yeah, and I, uh, I agree okay. that the they say like the the individual gets to decide. But that what that makes sense. But the individual's not being like, okay, I didn't think about this at all. I just scored a TD. Okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. Like, there's no yeah. way. There's no way that's happening. It's like bowling ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard enough to score in the NFL. I'm sure it's not like, oh, yeah, now I have this great, like, epiphany of what I'm going to do. Overall, pretending we were playing baseball. <laughs> just came to me. Execute. <laughs> but the electric slide one was pretty great. I did love the electric slide one. Yeah, that's just classic. And that's the defense. Defense, I feel like the defense is just, they are just, they're on a whole different level sometimes with this team. Because I guess there's more veterans on the defensive side of the ball, so that makes sense. Like, the offense is like the plucky young brother on the block, and they're more the wily, the wily veteran that's seen, that's seen things, <laughs> seen they, the other they've side. Seen, they've seen mom and dad fight. Yep. They've seen mom and dad fight. They pay for all the meals. They're like, okay, all right, little brother, you've had your fun. Sit down. But you're right. I, I've I've come back to like saying they're positive because if it's part of this team's vibe, you know, and it's the camaraderie, and then let let them have let, let those kids have their fun. Yeah. Well, it's it's so much better than the alternative, which is like the strict white police regime of the NFL, where you can't celebrate at all. Yeah, no, that's true. So okay, so let's get down to the uh, the weekly segment of why we another reason why we want to see the, the rest of the league play out is our our team's assessment of who's going to dash our Super Bowl dreams, both in the NFC and now the entire league, because it's usually we usually only talk about two teams, and that'll continue on the AFC side. But let's go down the NFC. So the most impressive team this week, I Rams, thought, Ram City. No, I was going to say actually Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so think about the Thanksgiving Day games. You know, I think it's always hard to win at Lions, and Lions had everything to play for. Try to win week. at Lions yeah. on Thanksgiving. Yeah. On a short week, and, they, and they, they won pretty decisively. Lions tried to make it a game late, but it, it was never really that much in doubt. Uh, that, that was an impressive win. Their defense looks pretty legit. Case Keenum, you know, this is what makes me nervous about a team like Minnesota. They reminded me of that Carolina team with Jake DeLone when they beat the Eagles in the AFC Championship game. So I ha- I've had, you know, strange deja vu mm. to that game. That is that is a good comparison. Right. So with a stout defense and, you know, an offense that's efficient. Yeah, I was going to say that the only thing about Minnesota is that I feel like their offense is more predictable. And that we just have like a decisive matchup against their offense, but I think their offense is like in the top ten in DVOA. I'm certain of that. I just don't know where they play their place in it. So, and in case Keenum is is kind of, you know, at the top of all the advanced metrics this year inexplicably. So their offense is is better than people think. 
like it feels like in the national conversation they we just talking about how good the Minnesota defense is, but their offense is serviceable. No, it scored thirty points. So yeah. yeah, it wasn't like the defense shut them out, and they they scored and they thirty points. Washington's defense too. Yeah, so you know they're they're a team that is making me more nervous week in and week out. To your point, Goff really impressed me yesterday. You know, I I had knocked him a little bit last week. He he has a stronger arm than I thought, and he gets he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. So and I, and I want him to fail so badly because he's such he looks like such a doofus. But he does look good. I would love it to, though to see. I would love to see the number one pick versus number two pick. It's it's a great storyline for the NFL. So I, I'm more rooting for him to be good, just not as good as Carson Wentz. <laughs> and oh, yeah, obviously Carson Wentz is the greatest of all time. And you know, uh, Jared Goff can be you know Phil Rivers. Look, yeah, you you can be Phil Rivers, Jared Goff, but no better. Yeah, we want we want Tom Brady to their Phil Phil Rivers. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, super, super hybrid. But, yeah, I thought that uh, – well, I, I think New Orleans kind of showed their vulnerability as a road team, which is not a terrible surprise. New Orleans not only – yeah, but road team in L.A., that – see, that, that's not much of a home field advantage. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the Coliseum. And you know who's not surpri- – not surprising. You know who's not scaring me at all anymore? I've seen him play a couple of weeks now where he just makes so many dumb throws that should be intercepted is Drew Brees. Huh. Drew Brees should have had like eight interceptions that game. The, yeah. The Rams secondary dropped like five balls that were easily should have been intercepted. The thing is you just have to be – you need to be up by more than 20 points heading into the fourth quarter. Right. Because they always – he does He does like when the game's on the line and they're down two scores, you, you don't feel very confident. And the Rams were letting them hang around, hang around, and almost, almost – you know, it was never truly in doubt but at least made it interesting. It's also not it's not inconceivable at this point that Atlanta Atlanta makes a late season run and maybe rests the division crown from New Orleans. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and they were saying that at this point last year Atlanta was 6 and 4. So now Atlanta is 7-4 with Julio Jones having one of his monster Julio Jones games. You know, you you always have to worry about a team like Atlanta. Yeah, so it feels like New Orleans coming is coming back down to earth a little bit more, but you're right. Minnesota seems more formidable, and they 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 look like they're they're on track to be the number two seed. So the pl- the playoff picture that's forming in my mind: Eagles number one seed, Minnesota number two, and then you'll have the Rams and probably the NFC South winner is three and four. You get one more NFC South team as a wild card, and maybe two more, right? Because right now it's Carolina, Atlanta are the two wild card teams. Yeah, so you figure it's going to be the Eagles, the the Minnesota Vikings, uh, the the Rams, the Rams Seahawks winner since the Seahawks are only a game back, and then the the Carolina Atlanta winner, Carolina Atlanta New Orleans winner. So one of those teams is going to be out, right? So it might be the Seahawks, which would be would have been inconceivable coming into the season, especially if the Eagles dose them a win next week. Well, yeah, that, but I mean that's that that game makes me nervous, and maybe we'll have Mason on Wednesday to talk about the Seattle game. But that's yeah, it'll be this is the two week stretch where we'll see how real the Eagles really are and how confident their swagger really is. But is it crazy to think that we're thinking about you know thirteen three, fourteen and two, fifteen and one? These are numbers that are just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and if we if we win next week, we clinch the division. We pretty much clinched clinch the division already. 
Yeah, math. We we did it in spirit. We will mathematically do it next week if we win. Yep. So let's talk about the two uh, AFC teams. So yeah, uh, Pittsburgh is bleh, <laughs> mediocre. I'm so unimpressed by that team. They lay an egg. It's like the, it doesn't matter who they play. They they will win by no more than a margin of three points if they do win. Well, they beat Tennessee pretty handily on Thursday night, but I think Tennessee is a joke. I think the entire AFC South is a joke. Uh, but yeah, you're right. But, that, but then they almost lost to Indianapolis. Right, and and they also <laughs> almost lost at home to a shell of the team that is the Packers. Right. No, I, I think in the pl- in the AFC playoffs, assuming the AFC championship game is Pittsburgh, New England, I think New England blows Pittsburgh out. I just think Belichick out schemes Tomlin easily. You, I mean, at this point, it seems to be it seems to be legit, but. I would love to play either one of those teams in the Super Bowl. I feel like that's the way it would have to go if we ever got to that point. Yeah, I'm praying. I'm praying that Pittsburgh upsets New England or like New England somehow gets like upset in the divisional round. Right. Because I think I think we we handle Pittsburgh easily. Yeah. I'm boasting. Yeah. Boasting, Matt. Yeah. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves on that one. <laughs> and you know, another thing, well, two other things, and these are my final points about this part of it, is does Aaron Rodgers coming back, they're trying to keep saying that Aaron Rodgers might come back and make this late playoff run like he did last year. Are you feeling that at all? You know what, I'm, I'm kind of ignoring that possibility as remote, but uh, let's, so Green Bay is now four and seven now? No, I think they're five and six. They're five and six. Yeah. So if they if they rattled five in a row like they did last year, which if I recall, started with a game against the Eagles when they when Rodgers came in and annihilated us, then they went oh, to ten yeah. and they went to ten and six, made the playoffs, and went all the way to the NFC Championship game. I feel like I mean I'm not a doctor, <laughs> doctor to doctor. I'm not a doctor, but uh, is it? How likely is it that he comes back next week? Seems highly unlikely. They were saying it was like a possibility, he, but we'll see, yeah. I, f- I feel like that's chump talk. Uh, I feel like he's at least two or three weeks away from coming back. Unless unless he just forces the issue. Yeah, he might. It seems a little bit irresponsible to try to come back too early from a collarbone break. Only time will tell, yeah, but it's it's something that's on the back of my mind, but something to just keep track of. But you're right, it's too early at this point to worry about them. And then lastly, Big Red. <laughs> Big Red. 5-0 and Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> ruling the NFL for the first third of the season have now lost, what is it, five of the last six. They are now six and five. And all they can, all they can do is kick field goals now. I mean, Buffalo was getting boat raced the last three <laughs> weeks, and then they beat, they beat the Chiefs at home? That is, is it because is it un- because Alec, Alex Smith can't throw in cold weather? Are we finally there? Is it cold enough? Yeah, that's you know Alex Smith played like crap too, but you know a lot of that is you know maybe they're just like the injuries finally caught up with them. I don't know, but Big Red seems to be pulling a classic Big Red. Do you think a part of it's like schematic too that like all his trickeration that he came out came out uh, wheeling and dealing with with his offensive play calling you know earlier in the season is now just like completely predictable it might be it might be that you know because he's never been a great he's been a great game planner but he's never been a great in-game coach right so, you know it could be that I just know that I'm so happy that he's not our coach anymore. So happy, you know, because even the disaster that was Chip Kelly, like I, I, at least we made a, at least we took a chance on that one, you know. 
I'd rather have had that that ride than three more years of Andy Reid. Well, and evidently we found like his one protege that might be actually a really good coach. He's like he's got he's got some of Reed's like locker room management game planning prowess, but he's also actually able to adjust in a game. They're great at in-game adjustments, that's for sure. All right, any final thoughts? My final thoughts are, again, I can't... Having some perspective on Carson, I think we were all hoping that he would make a second-year jump, in air quotes, as they've called it. This is, like, a complete step change. He went from, like, a completely typical-looking rookie to now leading the league in touchdown passes by, by a margin of two over Tom Brady, which is just... Who could have seen this coming? that he just makes a leap to, like, top five elite quarterback in one season. In one season, I'll give you that. But I, you know me, I was always on the Wentz hype. I truly no, no, no. believe from an early stage. One, well, one, like, we were always hoping that would happen. In even, when you, even when you, your air quotes of the day, he regressed to the mean as a, ro- <laughs> as a rookie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you think, you know, that takes three to four seasons, even if he's legit. No, he just he's wasting no time. He's in the film room and he's talking to God. All he needs <laughs> is one season. I'll take it. Thank you, God. Yeah. Now if we could just stop get him to stop hunting. I don't want him to be around firearms, Matt. It makes me nervous. He seems like a very responsible hunter. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he observes all the protocols. Yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about that. We have the Seahawks this week, so this will be an interesting week. I'll see maybe we'll have uh, some of our Seattle buddies. Well, one buddy in particular join us to to get a perspective of the Seattle season since I'm sure I already know they have a lot to say about their run in this team and and the Eagles coming in this year. And then uh, and then the Rams after that. So we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about in the next couple weeks. Oh yeah. Until then, we'll talk to you next time.